Hello and welcome to a special trailer episode of Eat This Podcast. One of the most famous rituals of the ancient Greek world was the one that took place at Eleusis, not far from Athens. We know that the rituals were initiation rites into the cult of Demeter, the goddess of agriculture, and her daughter Persephone. But that's almost all we know. Now, we know the story of Demeter and Persephone from the Homeric Hymn to Demeter, which is kind of like the foundation document for the initiation rites. But the rest is a mystery. The Eleusinian mysteries, in fact. And one reason that we know so little may be that the hymn to Demeter contains a strong warning not to share the details. The goddess Demeter taught us how to conduct her rites. She revealed her mysteries to us. Mysteries so holy that anyone who tried to disclose them to the uninitiated would become mute and have his voice cursed by the goddess. Happy are those who have seen Demeter's mysteries during their lives, but those who have not been introduced to them will descend into the underworld without a guiding light or inner peace. Many people take the myth of Demeter, series in Latin, to be just a metaphor for the annual cycle of planting and harvesting. And it is. But there may be much more to it than that. Maybe even a secret so valuable that it was worth protecting. One person who thought so was Jean-Antoine Chaptal, a brilliant chemist and politician in 18th and 19th century France. He's the chap who discovered that you could add sugar to grape juice to increase the alcohol content of the wine, chaptalization. And he's the chap who rediscovered Persephone's secret, as I learned from Scott Reynolds Nelson, a historian at the University of Georgia. The story is often told as a story about just planting and harvesting, um, that Persephone is the child of Ceres and sprouts up and she's slim-ankled just like the, the wheat plant. But this is not, I think, what the story of Persephone is. And there are, is an ancient historian from Oxford who points out that, as a farmer, that <laughs> the timing is wrong here. Uh, the Narcissus flowers and all this stuff are not quite right. And I think he says it's a story about storage. And I think that that's quite right, that this is about we need to save one third of the harvest or one fifth now of the harvest for replanting. How do we save it? How do we keep those seeds from either germinating or collecting yeast and turning into to food? Um, the, the way to do that is a secret, and it's a secret that's in the story of Persephone, that she's dried for seven days, um, she, she carries a torch, she walks around, and then she doffs her cloak. This, I think, is connected to how it is we produce food from grain. Persephone's story is a story about how she stays underground. And this secret of underground storage is an interesting one and an important one. Uh, Alexander the Great, in the period of his invasions, is horrified because all of these places have underground grain and he can't figure out where their grain is and they can withstand sieges by his armies. Um, by around 300 or 400, uh, according to economists and historians, that secret is lost. And so in the Middle Ages, the way people store grain is up in the air. We put it in a crib, 
expose it to wind and a little bit of heat. And if we're lucky, a big chunk of that grain stays and we can plant it again. I think the Eleusinian mysteries, the story of Demeter and Persephone that's passed on to the Roman Empire is a story about how to store grain. And Chaptal, uh, who is working for Napoleon, is interested in rediscovering this. He's, an, he's a chemist. And so as Napoleon is advancing through Italy, <laughs> Chaptal is coming along behind him doing archaeological exp expeditions around the Horia, the places that, where grain is stored, trying to figure out, trying to reverse engineer the secrets of Persephone. And the way he reverse engineers the secrets of Persephone is uh, well, he finds sand, he finds little dried bits of seed. He finds that there must be have been some process by which the seed was turned over. And he says, well, let's, let's do this. Let's eliminate all the moisture that we can from the seed. And so after a couple of years of experiment, he identifies around 1810 that if you take the seed, you stir it and you dry it and reduce it to about five to 10% humidity, that this grain can stay for a very, very long time. And, and this, is, Napoleon is very interested in this for his planned invasion uh, of Russia, for his expansion across the West, but Chaptal's discovery comes too late. By then, Napoleon is already invading Russia. Chaptal publishes his results in the 1820s. They hit the United States by the 1830s and 1840s, and this is where we get the silo, or the grain elevator. Basically, you take grain, you dry it, you stir it, you get it to about 5 to 10% uh, humidity uh, in the grain, and at that point, you can save it for 100 years. And that makes it possible to take grain and store it in uh, Boston or Philadelphia or New York and send it all the way to Liverpool over a long journey uh, and, and, and safe. And this this revolutionizes the world, I think. It's it's crazy that it's an old technology, an ancient technology buried in the secrets of Demeter and Persephone, but one that really makes it possible for you to get your grain from a thousand miles away. And uh, this it's, it's, it's impossible to underestimate how important this is. That ability to take food, store it, and deliver it a long distance is, I think, the crucial revelation that makes uh, the 19th century world economy possible. Scott Nelson's new book is called Oceans of Grain. It looks at the many, many ways in which wheat and human history intertwine, from long before the cult of Demeter to long after Chaptal's discovery of how to store wheat. He's been working on it for years, and it was finally published on the 22nd of February this year. Two days later, Russia invaded Ukraine. I devoured the book, and not surprisingly, Scott Nelson turned up to help people offering their hot takes on the war. The last thing I wanted to do, though, was another hot take, and I got my wish because Scott Nelson came to Rome to teach. Over the next three weeks, our conversations about how wheat has influenced human affairs, as it's still doing today. I hope you'll join us, and if you're not already a subscriber, now would be a good time to become one, wherever you get your podcasts. So that's Scott Nelson, author of Oceans of Grain, here on Eat This Podcast for the next three episodes. 
I'm really excited to share this with you. For now, though, from me, Jeremy Chalfas, thanks for listening.